Praise the Lord. I want to talk to you uh, for just a few minutes. I don't think I'm going to teach very long in this session. But I want to talk to you for a few minutes about being yoked with Jesus. Being yoked with Jesus. So if you have your Bibles, and I'm reading from the New King James again in this session, please uh, turn to Matthew 11. Matthew 11, verses 29 and 30. Here's what the Scripture says. Let's start with the 28th verse because I want to get all of this in. Jesus is speaking and He says, Come to Me. Come to Me. <clears throat> That's the cry. That's the cry that we heard, isn't it? Come to Me, Jesus said. That's what we should be sharing with others every day of our lives. Come to Jesus. Jesus has your answer. I don't care what the question is. Jesus has the answer to every question, to every need, to every situation. And Jesus alone has these answers. There's nowhere else you can go. You, you can't go to the psychologist's couch and get your answer. You can't take medication and get your answer. I'm not saying that you know some people need medication and that's okay. And I'm not against medication. But the real answer to the deepest needs in the heart of man is Jesus Christ. He said, come to me, all you who labor. I like that word labor, and I want to take this moment to make a statement about this. You know that we who preach the message of the cross and we who preach faith and grace, we understand that works do not earn us righteousness, and works do not sanctify us, and works do not earn us a position with God. We understand that. And here, Jesus is talking about, come to me, all you who labor. But I want you to notice in the Bible, it does not say that activity stops. It does not say that the Christian activity is bad. It does talk about works and labor. Those Jesus wants to address. Those Jesus wants to deal with in our hearts and lives. He wants the activity that we are involved in to be birthed through His Holy Spirit into our lives. Then it's not a labor, and it's not a work. Even though the things that we do are classified as works. I mean, when, when I'm up here teaching you these classes and preaching sermons on Sunday and, and all of these things, technically that is works. But if it's birth of the Holy Spirit, it pleases the Lord. See, the Lord is pleased when we point people to Jesus Christ. That's a work. So, the Bible doesn't say that Christians should stop their activity. The Bible teaches that Christians should stop the labor and the struggle and the work involved as if they were doing this to be loved more by God or to be accepted more by God or to be more righteous or more holy. Some people do what they do so that they can think that they're closer to God than the next guy is. All of that is flesh. But the true spiritual activity in the life of a Christian comes from being yoked with Jesus. Amen. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Jesus said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Hallelujah. Now, you know, I get up here to preach the gospel. I'm resting in Jesus. 
You get up to sing that solo, you're resting in Jesus. You should be. You go out on the streets to witness to the, those lost souls, and you, you need to be doing that. I mean, that's where the lost are. In mass. The lost aren't coming in mass to our sanctuaries. The lost are in the streets in mass. And as you go, and as you preach, teach, and make disciples, you rest in Jesus. You're not doing it to gain anything with God. You're doing it because He's flowing it and pouring it through you to accomplish His purposes in the earth today. And then Jesus said in verse 29, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Hallelujah. He's the best teacher that any of us could ever have. Amen? I've, often, I've been saying this a lot lately because I've been hearing a lot of different things, you know, coming from this message and coming from the body of Christ. And I've just, I hear so many things uh, even on a daily basis. And I've been telling people, when the words of your favorite preacher or the words of that ministry that you love is different than the words of Jesus in the Bible, choose Jesus. Choose Jesus. Choose Jesus. Choose Jesus because He is the truth. And you and I, you know, we can put any kind of spin on just about anything we want to, but Jesus is the truth and He don't spin. Okay? So we see here He says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. There's, there's some people who are taking great pride today. Oh, we preach a harsh message. We love it harsh. Well, we'll see when you need forgiveness how harsh you want everybody else to be with you. Okay? You don't even know what you're talking about. But I've, I've seen these and heard these kind of comments so much, you know. And they make fun of other people and they try to make it look like we don't preach salvation. They try to make it look like we don't preach the cross and we don't preach repentance because we also preach, uh, you know, you need to be kind to people. You need to love people. You need to be gentle like Jesus was. I don't care about being harsh like your favorite preacher. I'm much more interested in being gentle like the Master. Now, repentance is a harsh message to some people. It's going to depend on the condition of the person's heart. Some are going to receive it as harsh. Some are going to receive it as gentle. Some are going to receive it as life-saving. Some are going to receive it with contempt. It depends on the person's heart and what we preach doesn't change. I, I, I've said this many, 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 many times. Persecution will come to you simply because you preach Christ and Him crucified. You will be persecuted. But the reaction you get when you're obnoxious, rude, inconsiderate, can't be called persecution. There's never been a time when Jesus has given us His permission to overlook His words, and yet because we've got the message, it's okay. 
Just go on ahead and be rude and beat people up and gang up on people and call them names. But because you've got the right message, it's okay. Jesus never condones that. Jesus never gave us leave of His Word. Jesus has never released us from His Gospels and the instructions that He gave us as to what our behavior should be like. The problem is, we are not yoked to Jesus. We out here running around with the ox cart all by ourselves. And we're trumpeting it loudly. Oh, we're preaching the cross, so leave us alone. No, obey the Scripture. Obey what Jesus said. Get yourself yoked with Jesus. Get His heart. Get His mind. Get His love. Get His compassion. Get His outlook on people. And then preach. Huh? And then teach. And then build that church. And do all the things that you're wanting to do for God. But first of all, make sure you're yoked to Jesus. Come on, somebody. You need to be yoked with Jesus. Let me read these verses again. Come to me, Jesus said, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Let me say again. After we pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you will anoint these words to the people today. Father God, help these words to be received because we know they are from thy heart. And Lord, send them to us today with power, with anointing, and help us to receive them that they will renew our minds. In Jesus' mighty name, we give you all the praise and glory. Amen and amen. Let me back up real quickly in my teaching. Hallelujah to the Lamb. I said a moment ago, I was talking about this harsh business. There are certainly times when God is going to give you a prophetic word, a word that just cuts right to the quick, a word that divides between the bones and the marrow. There's certainly times when God is going to give you a word of judgment to give in a particular situation. Don't misunderstand, Brother Paxton. And contrary to what some hateful people might say, we still preach repentance. It's the only way. You will not go to heaven in your sin. You will only go to heaven if you are in Christ. So we're not soft on sin, and we don't water down the message of the cross. And you need to understand that. And those of you uh, under the sound of my voice that have accused us of that, you need to repent before God because we don't do that. And I'm telling you right now, we preach repentance and we preach the message of the cross. We preach it uncompromisingly, and we preach it straight from the Word of Almighty God. But here's what we don't do. We don't run all over the country every day calling people idiots. We try to have patience with people and allow the Holy Spirit to work in their lives. We don't run around 
all over the country every message we preach blasting somebody else. There are times for corrective messages and there are times for uplifting messages and there are times when God the Holy Spirit just wants to speak and He may not use the word cross or He may not use a, a, a negative connotation against another preacher or He may not do those things in that moment and who are you to judge that moment when it's the Holy Spirit who is in charge of that moment. Hallelujah. And the biggest problem, I mean, I see it every day, the biggest problem is we are not yoked with Jesus the way we ought to be. This message is not about me. It's not about you. It's not about your church. It's not about your few. It's not about your club. It's not about your clique. It's not about your headquarters. It's not about your favorite ministry. It's not about your favorite preachers. The message of the cross is a message for the entire body of Christ. Hallelujah. And it is the only truth that will set people free. And you are not qualified to preach it until you're yoked to Jesus. Yoked to Jesus. Yoked to the Lord. If you are a smoking gun, if you are a loose cannon, if you are a lone ranger, oh, you've got a few other people that agree with the negative slant that you see from it. But if you don't know how to treat people with respect, you've got no business preaching this message. Because this message is not about just going out and crushing folk. This message is about reaching into the very bowels of hell and dragging out that soul that's in bondage, reaching into the very depths of Satan's seat and bringing out those who are enslaved by his captivity. This message is about weeping before the porch and the altar over the false doctrine that has penetrated the church today. And then in the love of God, rescuing those individuals who are trapped by it. And I will say this, there is a difference in the way that we deal sometimes with the leaders as opposed to the ones they have ensnared. And this isn't even really part of my message today. But let's set the record straight. My job is not to go all around pointing a finger. Hey, you're preaching the cross. You're not preaching the cross. You're preaching the cross. You're not preaching the cross. My message is to go out there and preach the cross. Hallelujah. And my message includes coming against false doctrine. And I don't do it every sermon, but I do do it. I'm concerned about being yoked with Jesus and following Him and not following what other preachers think I ought to be doing. And that's the best piece of advice I could give those of you that are listening at me right now, is to follow Jesus in all things. Jesus used the picture of yoked oxen plowing a field. In Bible days, a farmer would yoke a young ox together with an older, well-trained ox so that it could learn to plow a straight furrow in the field. Christ wants us to be yoked with Him so that we can learn from Him how to walk with God. Amen? He wants, Christ wants us to be yoked with Him because He'll present a way to us that is 
well, of course it's proper and correct. It's a way that is free from bondage to the law. It's free from bondage to self and flesh if we'll follow Christ, if we are yoked with Christ. Let's look for a moment uh, at the wrong yoke. And I'm going to read this from Galatians 5.1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then. And do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. So we can see here that a yoke of slavery is the yoke of self-effort. This is a heavy yoke because we try to do it all in our own strength. There are three yokes mentioned in the Bible which are the wrong yokes. And I'm not going to go to these scriptures to save a little time, but I'm going to give you the scripture reference and you can look it up. First of all, there is the yoke of the law. That's a wrong yoke for you to be yoked with. Acts 15.10 Secondly, there is the yoke of the world. James 4.4 The yoke of the world is a wrong yoke for you to be associated with. And thirdly, there is the yoke of the flesh. And you can read Lamentations 1.14 All of those things, the yoke of slavery... The yoke of the law, the yoke of the world, and the yoke of the flesh are wrong things for a Christian to be yoked up with. Because every one of those things, the law, the world, the flesh, slavery, all of it speaks to us of defeat and not victory. It speaks to us of man's ways and not God's ways. It speaks to us of man elevating his thoughts above the thoughts of the Lord. And God is never pleased with that situation. So we need to break the old yokes in our lives. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians 5. 2 Corinthians 5. Now I want you to see this. from the Word of God. I want you to read right along with me, 2 Corinthians 5, and we will read verse 14. I think we'll start there. I'll know in a minute. I've got this new Bible, and it's, I'm a little bit slower in getting to the passages right now, so you'll have to bear with me, please. Uh, verse 2 Corinthians 5.14, here's what it says. 2 Corinthians 5.14 For the love of Christ constrains us, because we judge thus, that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Now I want to I want to say a couple things in this scripture. Jesus refuses to be yoked with our old self. And this thing has to be broken. He refuses to be yoked with our old self. He refuses to cooperate with those who live for themselves. You see, if you're a child of God, and you're more interested in making money than you are spiritual things, you're not thinking the way New Testament Christians thought. You're not behaving and thinking in a way that the Bible wants you to and desires for you to. If you're living for yourself, 
If your first thoughts are, what am I going to get out of this? How can I receive what I want? That's why I don't like sermons that are titled, You Can Have Anything You Want From God. Because it's not biblical. I mean, why do I want to sit around and listen to some mess that is not scriptural? Because it's not about me as a believer. It's about Jesus who made me a believer. You know, I deserve hell. You that are listening to me right now, you that are studying with us here today in this Bible school class, y'all deserve hell. But because of the kind, loving kindness and grace of Almighty God, He made a way whereby we don't have to go to hell, but we can have eternal life with Jesus Christ in heaven. And so it's all about Jesus. And as I told you in one of our recent classes, God initiated every single thing about your salvation. God initiates everything about your sanctification. God initiates everything about your blessings. And God is the one who has the right to decide what blessings you and I get. So it's not that we're living for ourselves. This old yoke... This old self has to be broken before we can be yoked to Jesus. Hear it. I want to read it again. For the love of Christ constrains us. That's a strong word. It's the love of Christ that wants to see self die. It's the love of Christ that wants to see the flesh crucified. It's the love of Christ that wants to live unto God. It's the love of Christ that wants to minister to others, even in practical things like a cold drink of water or a bag of groceries or mowing somebody's yard or giving them a Bible. Whatever you're talking about, it's the love of Christ that constrains us. It's the love of Christ that burdens us to do these things and to want to see the things in our lives that God wants to see. See, we don't live for ourselves. We live for God first. And secondly, we live for others in the sense that we want them to know the Jesus that we know. Make sure it's the Jesus of the Bible, please. The love of Christ constrains us because we judge thus. If one died, all died. Woo, glory. When Jesus died, I died. The old me died. When he was buried, the old me was buried with him and all my sins too. And when he was brought out of that tomb, hallelujah, I was raised together with him in newness of life. So the old me, the old self, no longer has the right to dominate my thoughts, to dominate my life. The old self no longer has the operating right to force me into a sin. The sin nature no longer has dominion over me because I'm not under law, but praise God, I'm under grace. Hallelujah. So I have the freedom in Christ Jesus to choose to do the right things. To choose to say the right things. To choose to think the right things. I have the ability to choose to live holy because I'm dead and buried and risen again in Christ. In Christ. In Christ. Hallelujah. Let's finish our reading. Whew, I haven't got past this yet. 
And not only if one died, all died, but He died for all. Anybody can be saved. This is not a limited atonement. Anybody can be saved. Anybody can be delivered. Anybody can be set free by the power of Almighty God. Hallelujah. He died for all. That those who live should no longer, we should no longer live for ourselves, but for Him who died for them. And look at this. And rose again. So here we have the Apostle Paul putting the resurrection in with the cross. So you see, it's not wrong to do that. For those who have, who have criticized that, it's not wrong to do it because the Apostle Paul did it. And Paul was first given the message of the cross. He was the first one to receive it, praise God. So if he wants to say, because he died on the cross and rose again, then I can say, because he died on the cross and rose again, and not be wrong for saying it. Hallelujah. <laughs> if you're taking notes, I want you to get that point, okay? It is the cross and the resurrection. It is the cross and the resurrection. It is the cross and the resurrection. Hallelujah! That's where the power of God is. That's where the victory is. Hallelujah to the Lamb forever. It's in Jesus. And this old yoke needs to be broken. Jesus refuses to be yoked with our old self. That means if he wants to be yoked, if he wants us to be yoked with him, then Jesus, now listen, Jesus must first destroy the old yoke. And that's exactly what Jesus did at the cross. There's an Old Testament verse that says this, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Where is that yoke-destroying anointing to be found? Not in the preacher's bottle of oil, as, as much as I believe in that. Not in the preacher's handkerchiefs and aprons, as much as I believe in that. We just read it to you. The yoke-destroying anointing is found at the cross. That's where it happened. That's where it was poured out. And the cross, even though it was a one-time event in history, it has everlasting, ever-working results until the end of time. The cross, the cross, the cross is the anointing. The cross is the anointing, and the anointing breaks the yoke. And Jesus died on Calvary to break the yoke of your old self off of you because you cannot. That sounded that sound a little harsh right there, didn't it? We was talking about harsh a while ago. You cannot be yoked with Jesus and yoked with the old self at the same time. So Jesus, notice, Jesus is the one who destroys the old yoke. Not you. Not me. I do not need to lay my hands on you to destroy your old self. I do not need to prescribe a prescription to you other than look to the cross for you to have your old self destroyed by the anointing. 
The anointing comes from Calvary. You need to look to Him. You need to believe in the cross. You need to listen to teachers and preachers that preach the cross and forget about the other ones that are preaching another way and another Jesus to you. You follow me? The old self must be broken. Let me read briefly here from Romans chapter 7, verses 5 and 6. For we know... Uh, actually, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Romans 6, 6 first. For we know that our old self was crucified with Him so that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Romans 6, 6. Also read Romans 7, 5 and 6. God wants us to be yoked with Christ. God wants us. Somebody said, what is the will of God? He wants you to be yoked with Christ. And that means that Jesus carries the heaviest load. This is why His yoke is easy and His burden is light. Listen, Jesus' strength, righteousness, and life are transferred to us upon faith. His footsteps, His footsteps, becomes our footsteps. This is how the Christian life has been designed to work. You understand? Turn in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 50, verse 4. Isaiah chapter 50 and verse 4. We're going to begin to get down through to the end of this uh, class for today. And I know we all have been studying and studying and studying, and I thank God for the hunger that His Spirit has produced in you. Amen? Isaiah chapter 50, verse 4. Here's what it says. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. This is what we were talking about at the beginning of the message. The Holy Spirit's going to tell you how you need to speak to a man. The Holy Spirit's going to tell you whether you need to come to be strong with this one and maybe not so strong with this one. The Holy Spirit's going to tell you maybe you need to be a little harsh with this one, but you need to be more gentle with this person over here because they're more fragile. And, and see, it's the Holy Spirit who is engineering the salvation and the deliverance of these people. And if He's going to use you, if you are going to have the privilege of being used by the Lord God Almighty in a person's eternal destiny, then you need to learn to listen to the Holy Spirit and let Him tell you how to speak. And get these preconceived notions and ideas out of your head and let the Holy Spirit teach you a thing. Let the Holy Spirit give you the tongue of the learned that you might know how to speak that word of refreshing to that weary saint. And to the, that you might know how to speak that loving, kind, gentle word to that sinner who needs to find Jesus today. Glory be to God. And there are times when you're going to have to rebuke with harshness. Absolutely. I have no problem with that. But do not criticize the Holy Spirit when He's working with those that He's having speak in a different way perhaps than you. Get rid of your critical, harsh spirit. Be pliable in the hands of the Lord. That's what he's after. Hallelujah.
Let's read this again. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. Glory to God. To hear as the learned. He wants me to listen as one being taught. When we are yoked with Jesus, He is the teacher and not we ourselves. Oh, did you hear me? When we are yoked with Jesus properly as we ought to be, He is our teacher. We don't give Him commands. Are you kidding? Poor, pitiful, pukish little self going to command the one who created the universe. Are you joking? When we're yoked with Jesus, when we're yoked with Him, the way we ought to be yoked with Him, He will move in us. There will be movings and promptings and stirrings within us. He will teach us what we ought to say. He will teach us where we ought to go. He will teach us what we are to participate in or not to participate. The Lord wants to be in charge, folks. Glory be to God. And we need to take His yoke. We need to be yoked to Jesus on a daily basis. A daily basis. In taking His yoke upon us, Jesus told us to learn from Him. This is how you and I are going to learn from Jesus. And again, I'm not going to take the time to turn to all of these verses but I'm going to give you the verses so you can write them down and look them up in your personal uh, and private study time. Jesus tells us to learn from Him. Here's how that's going to happen. First of all, we're going to pray. Luke 11.3 We're going to pray. We're going to have a prayer life to learn from Jesus. Luke 11.3 We're going to spend time in God's Word to learn from Jesus. Matthew 4.4 4. In order for us to learn from Jesus, we're going to need to experience God's grace. 2 Corinthians 4.16 Let's turn to that passage. 2 Corinthians 4.16 I want to emphasize here the grace passage because it is all by faith and grace. <clears throat> here, here's what the Word of God says. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Hallelujah. Even though our outward man is perishing. Yes, it is. But we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. How does this happen? By the grace of God of God by the grace of God so if we're yoked with Jesus Jesus said learn from me and so how we're going to learn from Jesus first of all Luke 11:3 we're going to pray 
Secondly, Matthew 4.4, we're going to spend time in God's Word. Thirdly, uh, 2 Corinthians 4.16, we're going to experience God's grace. We're not going to just talk about the grace of God. We're not going to just say we believe in faith and grace. We're going to experience it on an experiential level in our own daily lives. You see, we're not going to preach faith and grace to you and then live in bondage to the bar scene ourselves. We're not going to preach faith and grace to you and then abuse our employees ourselves. We're going to have to have this on an experiential level. We're not going to preach faith and grace to you and then take drugs ourselves or drink booze ourselves. You follow what I'm saying? We have to practice what we preach and it's all by the grace of God. So we pray. We spend time in God's Word. We experience God's grace. Fourthly, if we're going to learn from Jesus, we're going to have to fellowship together. Acts 2.42 and 46-47. Woo! I've said this many, many times. I want to briefly mention it again as we hurry to close here today, this class. There is an individual walk with God. Absolutely. There is an individual faith that we must have. There is an individual grace. There is an individual sanctification. And for everything there's an individual reality for, there's also a corporate reality for. And the body of Christ does need each other. And if we're going to learn of Jesus, we're going to have to fellowship Together. Also, in John 5.17, the Scripture says, if we want to learn from Jesus, we're going to have to work with God. Work with God, John 5.17. And lastly, we're going to have to take up our cross and follow Him. Luke 9.23. Luke 9.23. Take up our cross and follow after Him. And I'm going to tell you what that means. Because there is some confusion about it. The fact is, let's turn there to the ninth chapter of Luke because I want to read this verbatim from the Word of God. I don't want to miss a word and I don't want to miss a thing that Jesus is saying here. Again, we need to listen to Jesus' words above anybody else's words. Here's what it says. Jesus said to them all. I like that. He didn't just say it over in a corner. He said it to them all. He said, if anyone desires to come after me, okay, if you want to come after Jesus, if you want to be yoked with Jesus, if you want to learn from Jesus, what did he say? Deny yourself. Deny himself. Okay? So if I, if I want to be yoked with Jesus, if I want to come after Jesus, if I want to fellowship with Jesus, if I want to learn from the Lord Jesus, I have to deny myself. Now what does that mean? Um, It says this, deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Here it is. Here it is. It includes the benefits of the cross. It includes that. It includes me every minute of every day saying, you know what, I need to trust only Jesus, Him alone, what He did for me at the cross, for my everything that I need from God. It includes that, but it's not just that. 
Okay, some have thought it was just that, but it's not just that, okay? It also entails there are times when we're going to be presented with choices. Holy Spirit told me to go get in prayer, get in the Word, but my buddy come along and wants me to go bowling. Now there's not, let me, let, hear me straight, brother. Hear me straight, sister. There's nothing wrong with you and I going bowling. But it is wrong if the Holy Spirit told you to pray and study the Word. See, you need part of dying to yourself, part of denying yourself, part of taking up your cross, you need to be obedient to what the Lord tells you to do. I know there are many, there are so many today, who are making light of obedience. But we dare not, we cannot, and we must not make light of obedience. Obedience is part of the sanctification process. When you disobey the Lord, before He takes you to the next step, He's going to take you right back to the one where you disobeyed Him until you get it right. And you can only get it right through faith and grace. Holy Spirit's going to do the doing. You follow me? So, taking up my cross daily, denying myself, taking up my cross daily, means... Yes, it means the benefits of the cross. And it also means there are some things I'm going to have to give up. I'm just going to flat out be honest and tell you whether you like to hear it or not. There are some choices I'm going to have to make. It's like I make the choice to get up in the morning and go to the job in order for me to have a paycheck at the end of the week. Come on now. Let's use our heads for something besides hat racks. Okay? Now, again, hear me, hear me, hear me, please. It's all by faith and grace. Every bit of it. When we start off the day with Jesus, we continue through that day yoked to Him. Hallelujah. When distractions come, listen to the gentle yoke of Jesus as He pulls us back on track. As Jesus walks that straight line in His Father's will, so we also walk the straight line God has set for us. In the yoke of Jesus, we discover true victory, true freedom, and true life. Let me say that again. To be yoked with Jesus. And there's so much more I could have said in this message. I really should preach a whole series of about ten messages or more on this subject. To be yoked with Jesus. To learn from Him. To have His heart. To have His compassion. To to have His power working in us. To be yoked with Him. In that yoking of Jesus, we discover true victory, true freedom, and true life. Hallelujah. True victory, true freedom, and true life. Where is it found? Jesus. 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 And I just know that you are like me and you want to be yoked with him every moment of every day yoked with Jesus I want to think like he thinks I want to love 
like He loves. I want to pray like He prays. I want to preach like He preaches. I want to have His compassion and His heart within me as I see those who are so needy in our world today and I endeavor to meet that need. I've got to have His touch. I've got to have His anointing. I've got to have His power. I've got to have His heart and His compassion and His faith and His love. I've got to have Jesus in all of His fullness in my life. 1 Peter 2.21 says this, To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in His steps. And I'll close by saying this, when you are yoked with Jesus, <clears throat> even your trials and your tests and your sufferings take on a different look. Because you will look at them through His eyes. You will see it how He does. Let this mind be in you, the Scripture says, the mind that was in Christ Jesus. We can have that today at the cross. At the cross. At the cross. Father, I thank You for this few moments with this people today. Father God, take these words and bless them to our hearts. Father, teach us. Oh, Jesus, teach us. Jesus, strip away everything in us that is not like You, O oh God, and give us a heart like Yours today to hear and to receive and to act upon the things that we have heard and received. And Father, we give You the praise and the glory and we bless Your name, Jesus. We bless Your name. Amen. And amen.